Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me be a very special guest, Rob J. Hayes. Rob, how are you doing today? Hi, yeah, I'm doing all right. Bit tired, you know, but I've got <laughs> coffee, so I'm all set. It's awesome. I definitely understand that. It's like, I, my friend, he's like, you got 8 a.m. I was like, I have Rob J. Hayes at 8 a.m. So I was like, I'll get up. It'll be fine. So I was, it was like 6 <laughs> a.m. It's, uh, <laughs> it's 1 p.m. here, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's a Saturday, so... <laughs> Well, I had somebody on my back the other day, um, a listener, and they're like, why do you always have people from the UK? I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, I always ask them. They always say yes. I'm like, ends up being a, you know, a good time for me in the morning because then I had the rest of my Saturday or Sunday. And then, you know, you guys, you know, kind of go midway and then had the rest of the day. So it seems to be working out. So I was like, I'm just going to keep interviewing people. So. I'm used to, I, I, I tend to do my uh, Wizards, Warriors and Words, Wizards, Warriors and Words uh, podcast around this sort of time. So, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. kind of used to them. Uh, and I, I don't know if any listeners out there don't know by now, but we have referenced um, Rob's, uh, Jed's, Dirk's and Mike's. Um, we had, um, sorry, Mike and Dirk on for season one. We do reference their podcast quite a bit. So if you guys have not listened to Wizards, Warriors and Words yet, you really need to. I listen to it every Monday on the way to work and uh yeah i really enjoy it so you guys are doing yeah, I mean, a good job. We, we, we tried to give out some writing advice but mostly it's just uh the four <laughs> of us talking shit and um yeah, yeah. You know, digs at each other and stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i think i love the i think the the one i love the most was when you guys were playing the review game and you hosted and i yeah. i was dying like i had to listen to it like three times in a row it was so funny and then um a couple of friends of mine like they listen too so um like author friends and so their books are already out mine aren't so we were saying we were just going to get together one night and just do the same thing because uh, we just thought it would be like really hilarious. So they were sending me it some is, of their. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need some thick skin to go through your own one star reviews yeah, yeah, and just yeah. be like, OK, I'm going to read through this and try and pick out a fun line. And you're just like half the time he's reading through it going, oh, my God, I'm trash. <laughs> I thought Jed got away easy, though. He had like all like like nice reviews and everything. I mean, it was a little bit skewed because, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, Jed's the newest of the, the yeah, bunch, yeah, yeah. the newest off of the bunch, so he doesn't have as many reviews to go yeah, through. Yeah. Also, if, if, I mean, I, I know me and Fletcher, especially because we've been pegged as grimdark a lot, you get a lot of very extreme reviews. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for, I've seen a couple of them. I'm like, after you guys did that, I was like, I just got bored one night. So I started looking. I was just like, wow. <laughs> uh, I, I still think it's so funny. Like I just, you know, I had a friend who was very down on themselves about a review and I actually referenced that first game. And I said, well, Dirk Ashton had a book too, where someone DNF at 97%. <laughs> and I, I was like, I think it's like what, 12 pages later, like the character's fine or whatever. So it's like, like, you know, I was just like, kill the character. Like, it's gone. Yeah. No, no, you're not actually dead. Just keep going. I, and well, even like, um, that's like we're reading uh, Malazan Book of the Fallen. And I got to say, it's very Marvel-y. We're like a 90s comic book where like nobody ever really dies. So, you know, like we're like still waiting on a couple of characters and I have a torch for one, you know, I'm holding and my best friend's like, I don't think he's coming back. I'm like, he has to though. I'm like, everybody else has come back. I'm like, it seems to be, you know, a continuous flow now. But yeah, I just, that's where I, I always reference. I'm like, you just got to take reviews as is. But I oh, saw... Yeah. I, I think I love uh, Joe Abercrombie's the most, you know, where he had one where it was like one word. It just said no. And it was one of the five stars. And I'm like, how did that even make it past, you know, like the, the bots or anything? But I don't know. But to be honest, I find that uh, you can quite often 
you can quite often use negative reviews and one star reviews to sell your books better than five star reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I created a nice little graphic for uh, for Never Die where it was just like, here's a bunch of stupid quotes from one star reviews and it's stuff like, you know, this book is a trash fire and uh, <laughs> what was it? Th- this book was nothing but lies. That was a good one, um, you know. And... Well, who was it? The, <laughs> you had the one though for Never Die and I think that's what sold me on it was like, um, or like they only read what would they read like maybe like the poem at the beginning like the quote and then didn't read past it yeah <laughs> it was dnf didn't sample due to not yeah, liking yeah. the style and yeah. i'm like i mean what, what did you read the prologue because the prologue is literally 12 words long. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy so I, I was like well i just when you were talking about it i was like oh that sounds cool uh, i obviously love the cover i'm, I'm really big. i'm actually going to karate here in a little bit i'm huge into martial arts so it was definitely my type, you know, my my cup of tea. But yeah, I've been I've been raving about it. <laughs> so if you guys don't know, maybe it's your first list, uh, listen. So go check out Rob J Hayes's Never Dies, awesome book. I have like the the next two you wrote after that, um, uh, right over here. So I can't wait to get to those this I'll summer. So them. just yeah. So there we go. I think I'm just missing. That's Never Die. Such this a cool is cover. The sequel, Pawn's Gambit. Yeah, I can't wait for that Though one. It, the the ebook actually has a new a new fancy cover on it. That oh, okay, I didn't see that as well. He does yeah, such he, a great uh, job. I know he basically played with this one and and turned it around to be more like a movie poster, which yeah, yeah. Uh, and and this is the third one, Spirits of Vengeance, um, which you know will be entered in Spiffbo in uh, oh very soon to be honest. Oh, that's Seeing cool. The doors I didn't know just that. opened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Do you have um? Is it just the ebook for Century Blade then, or did you have any other uh, paperbacks or anything for that? Or uh, no, that one's not available in That's paperback or anything. Because I mean, it, it's a short story; it's like seven thousand words long. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, so it wouldn't so much be a book as a pamphlet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but what I might do eventually, because uh, I'm planning to run a Kickstarter for a hardcover of Never Die. Um, oh, that'd year. be cool. And what I might do is stick the Sentry Blade in at the uh, the back end of that, basically. Just so oh, there is that'd a be awesome. I'm going to write that down. Um, but I'm not sure when I'm going to be launching that yet, but it will hopefully be later this year. There's going to be... I've already got some new interior artwork from Felix. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, he's doing character sketches and uh, some of the sketches for the jewels as well. So oh, that's going to be really awesome. cool. Well, I'm definitely um, going to be back in that Kickstarter because Never Die... <laughs> was one of my two favorite books within the last five years, like for sure. And I, I keep not spoiling it for people, but man alive, like the ending, I just loved. I was just like, that was I, cool. I must admit, I, I kind of, I wrote myself into a weird uh, situation with the Mortal Techniques books because they're so hard to talk about without spoiling things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, I, it happens all the time because people ask me and I'm like, you know, and I feel like all the good parts are spoilers. <laughs> and then like, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, okay. I'm like, no, like, I'm like, please please i'm like if you've ever seen my basement my wife doesn't like i have books everywhere i'm like my books are my life i'm like please like just when i tell you to read a book like just just read a book like same with movies you know like i watch a lot of movies i'm like if i tell you to watch a movie like and you'll like it just watch a movie but yeah i think it's hard because again yeah it's it's all spoilers did felix do your um your newer covers then for like along the razor's edge or these these ones these nice hardcover yeah versions. oh my gosh the, that one in particular is so cool yeah. the way yeah, that he, he does colors and just like i know well i mean the minimalist style i mean there we go. oh, i've got them all around and then there's 
That's, that's book two, Lessons Learned. Ah, I didn't see that one yet. That looks awesome. And book three from Cold Ashes. Jeez. So, yeah, he, he did them all, basically. Try and balance them on my desk. So that's crazy. Over. I've been... Um, I've been... <laughs> this one before this this was actually the yeah. original i'm trying to get out of the way of it this was the original cover for along the razor's edge that he did oh okay which i didn't know that i was absolutely in love with um but we decided to go with a more sort of traditional style yeah, yeah. which is more like this one which is book three the original book three cover um but i i just i still love this like yeah. esker in red as i called it so i, I just sort of like i bugged him um late last year and just said look i want you to do like a new set of covers um, based in this sort of Esker in red style. Um, and then uh, he came back with, a, he just knocked it out of the fucking park. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went the other day and was checking them out online on Kindle. And um, I mean, I have the first book in paperback, but I was looking at a Kindle too, just in case, you know, I'm at school or something, I don't have the books on me. Um, yeah, and I was like, dang, that looks awesome. Yeah, they're really yeah. cool. He does such a great He's job. My resident like, artist at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did. Uh, he did me a solid, man. Like I was looking for something for my website, and I couldn't figure out the art style. So I was like, oh, I'll just message him on Facebook, and you know, it's a time difference for us. So he's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to bed, and you know, I, you know, with the kids, and he's like, I'll, I'll get back to you. And I was like, all right, no big deal. I figured he was just busy, you know. Most people say that, and then it's like, you know, two, three weeks. I'm like, no big deal. He got a hold of me like the very next morning. Like he must have woken up right away. And like, I, I even offered to pay him for, you know, like the style. And he goes, you know, like, this is a style you're looking for. He goes, I really think, you know, you should just go to Adobe stock images and find this and that, which we did. And he's like, it's $10, you know, versus like $500. So he, he already saved me a lot of money. So I've been, I told my wife, I was like, I really want to save up for my, you know, first cover and, and have him do it. I was like, that was just like, most people don't help you out like that. And he just seems like he's a good guy. He always is talking to me on oh, Facebook and stuff. So. He's I love seeing him. He's an absolute legend. Well. I, I, I constantly hit him up for things. I, I messaged him a couple of days ago just to say, like, I, I want some, uh, I want a custom piece of art because I'm getting like uh, custom book plates done to send out. Because oh, I remember shipping that, yeah. from the UK is just it's it's ridiculous to yeah, ship yeah. books from the UK. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I want signed copies, but I can't pay the forty quid postage, whatever it is. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm getting um, custom book plates made up that I can sort of sign and send out. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, I just hit him up the other day and I said, look, I, I, this is what I'm thinking. Uh, what can, you know, what can you do? And he was like, all right, leave it with me. And then like two hours later, he came back with this stunning sketch and he was like, there you go. It's like, oh my God. So, yeah. It's amazing. That's, soon. It's amazing that somebody so good is so fast. Like I've talked to other people that, you know, have like Mark was saying the same thing about his cover that he did. I mean, he's just, he's like, yeah, I just did this. And bam. I'm like, I, I told him, I was like, I, want to be able to write that well one day you know where you just like you know know your medium so well i feel like he also pushes a lot of the boundaries too for things that he's done in the past like like your covers that you just showed the new hard covers yeah, you know, yeah. then you go to some of the others and it's like it's a totally different style i mean it's, it is it's crazy um, to be honest I, I think these ones are a bit of a challenge for him which he quite liked to do yeah, um, yeah. it's a bit different from his sort of usual style he used just quite a sort of uh you know sort of painted rendered yeah, style yeah. of uh you know a scene sort of thing and that that's more like a abstraction isn't it of you know a, a character in vague coloriness to uh signify shadows and everything so yeah, yeah. It, it, I, he's always trying out different things and, and improving uh, yeah 
I, I can't sing Sean's praises enough. I love the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, the two of them, man, like they just had a couple other ones that they did like together. And I'm like those two collaborating. Uh, I'm actually trying to do an episode really soon because I had a couple other people that said the same thing where, you know, we, we feel like they're really pushing the boundaries, particularly of indie fantasy and, you know, oh, and just yeah. like what your book has to be. And, you know, I, I think a, a lot of people, I think just, the, you know, you'll start to see and I already have seen an upswing you know, just in sales, just because of, you know, like that type of marketing style. It's just, I think it'd be interesting to really kind of dissect those a little bit more, but any book that I love, you know, the cover of, then I go look at the blurb and I'm like, oh, Felix shared that or Sean did that, or, you know, yeah. they did it together. Like, it's really funny, but. Well, one of the best things about um, Sean is it's like, you, obviously he does the uh, the design and typography. So like, you know, all of that. And it's, it's all custom typography, basically. He, yeah. Uh, it's not just like oh i'll pick this font that looks good he's you know he'll he'll take a font and he'll stretch it change it you add different fonts in all sorts and it, so you get like a proper bespoke title out of it um, yeah which is nothing short of amazing yeah uh, so yeah I, I i i love both of them and uh yeah they're my resident artists and designer i hit them up constantly with new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love i just love seeing those guys be successful i've talked to sean a lot too i'm trying to have sean on at some point obviously he's just really busy um but yeah they're they're both good guys i just i like seeing people you know that are just nice people you know do well so anytime i see somebody with you know that had something done by them i'm like yeah you guys go so it's yeah, awesome <laughs> uh so for that first question what has your writing journey been like up until this point ah all over the place ups and downs um so for a brief overview i mean i started self-published back in 2013 mm. I released my debut trilogy, all three books, all on the same day, mm. um, which was madness, but it seemed to work at the time. Um, and I sold a shed load of copies, which was amazing. I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. Woo! I can quit my job and become a full-time author, <laughs> which I did. Uh, and, and then I got approached by a, a, um, an independent publishing house. Um, and I thought, well, you know, maybe they can help me reach new new heights, new levels and all that lot. So I signed with them and uh, they were terrible. Uh, <laughs> there was uh, missing royalties. There's, oh. there's um, books released before they'd been edited. It was, oh, geez. Yeah. The only good thing that came out of that was, uh, well, funnily enough, Sean, as we were just discussing, because oh. uh, he, he worked for them. Uh, oh, time. OK. So that's how I. I, I knew Sean basically. Um, so after I left them in 2017, I then started republishing all my books, self-published, and uh, and then just yeah, that, that's about it. Just sort of at this point now, I'm just releasing books every year, and and uh, you know, just about making enough to survive on the living of an author. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, there, there's been ups and downs, but at, uh, hopefully at the moment I seem to be on an upswing, which is good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we obviously we hope it keeps going for you. So try to do my part over here and buy your books and, you know, try to, uh, you know, tell people I've been trying to, you know, talk about never die a lot. So I'm hoping that, you know, <laughs> more people go out. I had a friend the other day, um, his birthday's coming up. So I've actually um, got a copy of never die on the way for him. So I think he's really going to enjoy it. So He's one of those guys where I give him a book and then he goes, okay, now I need the next couple. So it's, you know, <laughs> Good. I don't even feel that. that. It's such a weird book though. Like <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's my, it's, it's fast approaching my most reviewed book on, uh, oh, okay. on Goodreads. Um, despite not being my biggest seller. 
it's just people love to review it and they love to say some weird stuff about it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh and also it won an award which is nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i love it's I always love, nice. i love using props here we go this is, this is the sword it won oh, i forgot you won that yeah that's awesome yeah this is the the book nest 2019's best self-published novel oh that's awesome I totally forgot about that. I told my wife about that like last year when I you were talking about it or whatever. And I was like, yeah, uh, I was like, I don't really care about best selling or whatever. I was like, I want to win a sword like Rob. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it's like my goal now is to win a sword award. Like she's like, well, you, win, you can win a sword. And then uh, just because I like showing off props, uh, you can also win a, a wand. This is my spiffball. Oh, so that's cool. Sort of like you get one of each and then you can dual wield them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't oh, even know which cool. way around I'm supposed to hold this. I've never watched <laughs> Harry Potter in my life. Oh, okay. So I have no idea. Like, I think that end. Yeah, I think it's that way. This one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not much of a, a sorcerer myself. I'm more of a, a paladin or a ranger. So I'm probably saying I'm <laughs> probably doing it wrong too. But <laughs> so I, I, I think I'm more of a thief. I'll just hide in the shadows and oh, rogue. Yeah. Back. My friend said that recently because I'm my first book for my own fantasy worlds. Like these thieves and. And then I like these rogues, I guess. And then I was talking about this other thing. And he's like, you really like the rogues, don't you? I'm like, but they're always like the best story, I feel like, in terms of, you know, like classic fantasy, um, like Sir Purvin, the Wayward and the Dragonlance Chronicles, um, you know, like the the Knights of Summoner or whatever. Like, I just feel like, you know, I grew up reading those um, in the summer, you know, next to the lake. And there's a bunch of, in the, bunch of them for the Forgotten Realms. You know, they always do the the dumb thing and then have to like you know figure out how to get the evil guy back into like the the bottle or you know the cave or whatever and you know i don't know i just feel like they're always really uh, sort of the roguish class the sort of like uh thieves and assassins they've they've long been one of the sort of like the favored yeah yeah, yeah. um, sort of archetypal classes for for fantasy heroes i mean you know you you look at things like uh robin hobbs uh oh yeah yeah um the 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 misborn ones yep yep you know they start off as as thieves. Uh, there's the Night Angel trilogy, the oh, Lies yeah. of Glamora. So many of them. They start off as as thieves, but then quite often there's some big, grander thing that they need to overcome their greed to combat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's always like it's it is fun, like like a little waiting pool to get into a world or yeah, to get used to characters. I told my friend, I was like, they're rogues. I said, but you know, a lot of other things happen. But yeah, I think that's why. I actually have so many books on on schedule for, you know, the, the rogues. My friend, he's like, you're just having like a rogue reading summer. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. So I said, I might post it that way on YouTube or something. I like that. But... Rogue reading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so for that second one, so what has been like writing your Along the Razor's Edge series for so long? God, it has been a while. Yeah, I, I, uh, I started The War Eternal late 2016. Oh, wow. So... God, that's like five years, five and a half years now. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's been weird, like, because I, I wrote the, the the first three books um, and then stuck them on a on a pile and forgot about them for a year and wrote other things and then decided I was going to try and, you know, I was going to get them ready for release, which was a bit weird. So by the time I released the first three books, I'd been out of that world for like a year and a half, two oh, years wow. anyway. Um, and then they did really well, which I wasn't really expecting, to be honest, um, because of the way that they're written and because the, you know, the, the, they're, they're written from the perspective of an older character looking back on her life, telling the story of her life. Um, 
and because the main character isn't the most likable of characters, <laughs> uh, you know, she's she's a great angry at the world uh, and at herself and she suffers from anxiety and depression. She's not an easy character to like, so I really did not expect them to do very well. But they did. So I, I figured I should probably write the, the last two books uh, in, in the series and then getting back into that. That sort of like it's getting back into the voice, I find, because mm. um, she has such a distinctive, uh, distinctive voice that every time I start a new book and I have to get back into that voice, it is a bit of a struggle. Um, to just to just to get back into that mindset of being able to write the write the words and write the story in that particular narrative style. Yeah, it's uh, it's been weird writing them for as long as I have now. It's I think it's the longest I've ever stuck with a, a single character, basically. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, she's kind of become ingrained in my own psyche. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be weird when I, I'm writing the fifth and final book at the moment. It's gonna be weird when I finally let go of it and it's like, right, that one's done. It's time to move on to something entirely new. It's gonna be a very weird, weird feeling to say, right, I'm no longer writing Eska. She's done with. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. So your last two are a duology, correct? Yeah, the, um, I mean, the series is five books. It was originally planned as sort of a trilogy followed by a duology. Gotcha. Um, and they kind of work that way. There's there's a definite narrative arc in the first three books and then a, mm. a different narrative arc in the, um, the last two books. But I've just decided to collect them all under one series because it, it makes more sense that way. There's yeah, no yeah. point in, in reading you know book four without having read books one to three unfortunately yeah they just, yeah they won't make enough enough sense um so i figured i might as well collect them as as one series rather than doing them as two but yeah they were originally intended as a trilogy followed by a duology i just think that's smart because like i just got done reading um a couple authors you know last year and i read the trilogy and then i was like okay and then you know they never did anything with them again and i'm like oh i'm like you know like the story had ended but i just felt like there could have been at least a duology or you know or something and i've talked to a lot of readers too who you know who really love certain characters and they've said the same thing they're like you know even if it's just you know one book sometimes standalone isn't enough but i just think it's interesting to to think about doing a duology after a trilogy um in particular you know like you have to read the first three books i think it makes sense for marketing um, you know, and in terms of writing the story. So I don't know when you, when you said that, I just had heard you say that recently, I think your guys' episode last week that released, I was like, man, that's like a really good idea because I wish a lot more authors who only had their trilogy had, you know, went back maybe, you know, a few years later or something like that, or, you know, went back, you know, in the, went forward into the future or something. And, you know, it'd be fun to see where characters are now. And, you know, um, I was just talking to somebody where they were saying, you know, um, uh, you know, it's fun to have characters, you know, book one through three where they're younger and, you know, like what you did, you know, like they're younger and then older and then skip and now they're the older ones yeah. and then some of the newer characters. I think that's what's cool about Tannis and Dragonlance, you know, like, yeah. you know, I, I don't know, it's, it's a, you know, it's like, it's like an old friend, you know, you grew up with them and it's nice when they're, you know, a little bit older in your age and, you know, you yeah. can enjoy the same it's, type of adventures. So it's a fun way of keeping the, the, the the narrative fresh as yep. well when yep. you know because obviously as your character ages their perspective changes and then there's going to be newer characters coming through and the, you know especially if you've been following a character for a while and you know you started off with them when they were you know a teenager and they're sort of this brash youth or whatever <laughs> and then they get older but then there's newer 
you know, youths coming through who are also brash, and it's like, you know, you, then you get the character being able to see themselves in them. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot. You, there's a lot you could do with it, um, and uh, it's it's especially nice when. I, I mean, my comfort zone is writing sort of the more older veteran experienced characters, especially the ones who are jaded. So it was a bit of a um, department to uh, write, especially the first book where she is very much a, a teenager. Yeah. Um, so it was a bit of a, uh, yeah, departed from my usual style to do that. So to now be at the point where, okay, she is now the older veteran um, jaded with the world. It's, it's quite fun. It's like, oh yeah, now, now <laughs> I know where I am. This is my comfort zone. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that it flows better when you're writing a character that is around your same age then? Because that's I, me, I, I have trouble writing younger characters. I think I can do older, but younger characters tend to. Yeah. I mean, I work with kids, so I write them based off of, you know, of them and, you know, experiences and conversations. But I do find it more of a struggle. I find, you know, like 25 on up. It's just it's easy for me. <laughs> like, I think it, it's always going to be because, I mean, yeah it's writing what you know and uh, yeah okay we, we've all been children at one point but you know you when you, you've aged past it and it's sort of like it can be quite hard to put yourself back in that mindset of a child and how they would think yeah yeah um and quite often i, I think the, the readers don't want that at least a lot of the readers don't it's like one of the biggest criticisms i've seen of along the razor's edge is just like oh she's so bratty it's like <laughs> yeah she's a teenager <laughs> have you met them <laughs> She's meant to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's easier to, to write characters closer to my own age because, you know, it, it's it's writing what you know. You know, I've got more yeah. experience, uh, current experience with <laughs> my own age. Yeah, I, just, I think it was interesting. There was so long where I was reading book after book where they were like 21 to 25 and I never saw anybody, you know, you know, like, I think you had like the older, you know, like the, like the Gandalf or whatever, you know, maybe there was like an older mentor, but they usually died pretty quick or something like that. Um, yeah. So it's just interesting now to see where, you know, you have, especially in, I think in indie and grimdark uh, fantasy, you know, in particular where you just see more characters of varied ages. And I just think it, you know, it, I think it allows more people to enter your book, you know, when a main character isn't 20. And I just think it, I think it makes more sense too in terms of story too, you know, because not everybody's going to be the same age. So I don't know. I think that well, that's a good move. There's there's always going to be, you know, stories and and readers for yeah, you know, your your young adult or new adult um, yeah, yeah. age range for the main characters. But at the same time, yeah, there are people who want older main characters. Um, you know, either you know, sort of thirties, twenties, thirties, forties, even older still, up to sort of like you know fifties and sixties. There's a reason why. Uh, Granny Weatherwax is such a, a loved character in Terry yeah, Pratchett. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, and there's there's not that many stories with truly older main characters, to be honest. Yes. Um, so I think there's always going to be a readership for them, but there may not be as much of a readership as that sort of classic people wanting to 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 read about these these young characters on an adventure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's always going to be happen. But then, of course, it's also important to remember that, you know, Frodo Baggins was like 60 years old when the Rings, <laughs> let's be fair. I mean, I, yeah, know, yeah. I know he's played by Elijah Wood, but technically yeah, speaking, yeah. he's that's like 60 fair. years old. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was interesting because there was a study that came out a couple of years ago, and I can't remember if Jed talked about it with you guys, but I heard it somewhere. And um, But they were saying that, like, you know, people, they surveyed a lot of readers from like Harry Potter, and they had actually found that the age group 
was actually a lot higher than they thought for the readership. And what they had found was that it was, you know, people like, you know, like around our age and, you know, it was that they were actually reading the books to because they were actually adult characters, you know, that were characters. And I think that's where the Rick Rordians with like the Percy Jackson series where, you know, some people are like, eh, you know, you, you do get more kids because the adults in there aren't main characters. They're more just, you know, they're they're, they're just help, helping the plot. Uh, and so I just thought that that was like an interesting point. So, um, and I do think there are certain young adult books that I have read because again, you know, the main character is younger, but you actually have a very interesting, you know, like somewhere around my age, like older character. I think Hamish is a good one in Hunger Games, for instance, like um, I'm reading it with my class right now for a, a reading class and I'm already just really drawn to him and he's only, it's only like chapter like one and he was just mentioned a little bit. But I'm like, ooh, I'm like, now that we're actually getting into the book and, you know, actually seeing the devastation that the Hunger Games, you know, wrought on people, it's like, oh, it makes sense that he is running around drunk and has PTSD, you know, and essentially, um, you know, like Katniss was talking about maybe having to kill PETA, you know, when they get to the games. And I'm thinking, ooh, is that what Hamish had to do as a kid? So I don't know. I just, it's funny because a couple of people mentioned it recently. I'm already doing it as an older person with a book that I read previously. Um, but yeah, I just, I thought it was like an interesting point. So I definitely tried to, you know, mix up character ages and things oh, like yeah, that a little bit it's, more. It's, it's representation. Um, yeah, yeah. People will almost always like gravitate towards characters they can see themselves in. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's, it's why representation is so incredibly important to be honest. Yeah. So yeah, if, if you've got a cast, which is all children, it's going to be, you know, it might be quite hard to sort of like really identify with them. Um, but if you've got a nice, yeah, diverse sort of age range and everything, um, and not just age range, but everything else, you know, yeah, gender and race and everything, you're probably going to be able to catch more, um, more people who are able to identify with specific characters. So yeah, yeah. the readership might, you know, people will gravitate towards those characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they'll have different favorites because of it. Well, that's like, I was, you know, I always look up people's reviews and things like that and ask people, you know, so um, when I was asking people about Eska, they had said, so I do think it's interesting that you mentioned this earlier too, like, you know, like you weren't sure how people were going to handle her or take her or like her. I just find it interesting because I do feel that many people um, that I talked to and looked at reviews, like do connect with her because, you know, I, I, you know, like I personally have been in situations like, you know, like, like she's been in, you know, and some not, you know, great places. And I just think that, you know, many people can relate to her in particular because, you know, they've also felt that way. Uh, like I had a friend who was like, yeah, they're like, like, you know, seeing her go through what she's gone through and continue really helped me to continue to uh, when I wasn't in such a great place. And I'm like, well, that's a really great point. Um, and I think just, you know, in terms of like what you've done with her as a character, I think really shows you that, you know, like people really can connect with different characters when you actually use real, real emotions and, you know, in situations and, um, you know, and I've, everything I've seen, you know, obviously, you know, some people aren't good at writing those types of situations and characters. And, you know, obviously I think that you should, you know, listen to your beta readers and things like that. Um, but obviously you did a really good job because everybody I talked to was like, oh yeah, I love this character, you know, and <laughs> So I, it, it really makes me want to read, you know, the book that much more, um, you know, all of them. So I just think that that's really cool. I try to wait till I talk to authors on particular books because uh, I like to 
hear what they have to say. I kind of get the director's cut. So then when I'm going through, I'm not just reading. I like to take notes as, you know, as I'm, as a writer, as I'm going. So uh, the more people I talk to, I was like, oh, Eska, I'm like ready to, you know, to get in there. But well, I mean, a, a lot of where she comes from, she she suffers a lot from sort of anxiety and depression. And a lot of that does come from sort of real world experience, which is yeah, yeah. possibly why uh, people connect with it. I mean, I, I personally suffer from um, depression. Um, so I a lot of 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 Eska is, is me sort of exploring that within myself um, and then um my uh, my missus um she she suffers from anxiety so a lot of a lot of what esco goes through is also partly what i have experienced through her um so th- there's a lot of yeah real world emotion and experience that, that goes into um her as a character um and then she's also just defiant as fuck so yeah she, she never gives <laughs> up it's like it doesn't matter it's just like ah oh, yeah all this hell that she's been through and she will just keep going She's the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. I my friend the other day he said he's like, there's no quitting you. He's like, you'll be. I like wanted to stay home from school. They had no subs. I was like, I just gotten back. Like you know, like ten o'clock. I've been doing another teacher's work too because they're gone. I'm like, I'm just. I was like, I'm just so tired. And yesterday morning, I just got up and did the thing. <laughs> she looked at me. She's yeah. like, I can't believe you're standing right now. I go, I'm barely, barely, <laughs> but I'm here. So yeah, a character like that to me, like I. I appreciate that more, I guess, than, you know, than some people, but yeah, it's, I had read a story the other day where, you know, the person, you know, had very crippling anxiety and like I, for years suffered from it and I didn't know I had overactive thyroid. So now I'm, you know, have my chemicals are balanced. So I feel a lot better, but sometimes it'll still hit you, you know, really hard, um, particularly when you're not taking your medication on, you know, on time and some days are just bad, you know, um, and this, particular author had written it so well where I was like whoa like I had to like sit it down and like go take my medication (laughs) like it was like that you know I I felt trapped like the character like in my own body and I felt like that way for a long time the last couple years till I got things balanced so my friend's like oh you should do this I said I think I kind of got to get a grip on it first you know but I do you know really think that you know I said I said to this author later I was like man I was like that was like incredible he goes, oh, I'm really sorry I did that to you or my character. But I was like, no, that's great writing right there. I'm like, I, it really made me think of it, you know, my own experiences in a different way. So I think anytime, you know, that you can do that with a character like Eska, I think that's really, really good writing and really cool. So. I know, I, know uh, I, I read a couple of books. Um, there was the uh, Empire's Ruined by Brian Stable. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I uh, love Brian. Oh, he's, he's brilliant. Um, I met him in person the, years ago. He was such a cool guy. Like, yeah. Yeah, so well, cool. It was before his like right before his first book came out. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool. Oh, nice. We've had him on the podcast actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved him, man. His his uh like I've listened to everyone that you guys have done with him at least three times and Will White. Like I could listen to those guys talk like all day long. I just feel like they have such <laughs> we just get Will White on every now and again. It's just like <laughs> he's, he's now our repeat guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh the Empire's Ruin has a character who who suffers from depression. Um okay. and uh it was there, there was a lot that sort of like I go through that I could see in, yeah, in that yeah. character as she was going through it, which uh, I think really helped helped um, me connect with her. And then, funnily enough, uh, Brandon Sanderson's uh, Stormlight Archives uh, books obviously have a lot of mental illness going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he has a character in book four. Is it the latest one? I, I, I think so. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Um. um just talking about his character, character who. 
suffers with depression. Um, but I, with that book, there was a bit too much of it, and it got to the point where mm. I was reading it. And I was like, please just get out of this because this is really starting to trigger me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> just no. be, being able to feel what you're going through, and that sort of like, you know, this waves of depression and exhaustion just dragging him down. And I was like, please just move on. I can't take any more of this. <laughs> So that's the it's, thing it's I, well written but it, it's yeah. uh hard to read yeah, yeah yeah that's the thing is like i for my book too for this my my rogues like i have this like I, my friend he, he was like i was telling him what like what's gonna happen and he was like oh my goodness he was like how's book three gonna be i was like if people can get through book two i'm like <laughs> you know what i mean like if you can get yeah. through book two book three is gonna be like because i i love like cobra kai and I absolutely love like season three and four in particular, what they did with Johnny Lawrence's character, what they did with Hawk's character. Like, and I never was really into like redemption arcs until that show, but now I love them. And (laughs) not that everybody can be redeemed. And I think that's a good point too. But like, I think like overall, like I want the children to be like redemption because I have, I have this cursed sword. A lot of things happen and sometimes crap just happens to you and you, there's nothing you can do. And I think it's really important to show, you know, like wh- what you can do when you do have control. And I think it's important to show that, you know, like if you want to, and depending on your actions, you know, you can find redemption. And my friend's like, oh God, he's like, I just don't know if people are going to make it through book two. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know either. So I was like, well, I guess we'll find out with beta readers at some point. But, you know, I want book three to be like, you're just like jumping and, you know, I got some cool things planned. But yeah, he's like, man he's like i can't wait to read that he's like he's like i you know people have practiced to sit it down or something because there's just a lot of crappy things but that's what i worry about you know is that there's like it's going to be like too much um so i've already tried to spice it up with you know some you know better like more like aha moments but that's what i worry about is that people are going to be like oh god and like you know dna i mean there is going to be a certain amount of that but i think if you can hook if you can hook readers in and they they can they can connect and then sort of like enjoy the character. You can put your character through almost anything. Yeah, and that's the readers true. will stay with you. And you know what? What you can do is you can sort of keep dangling that sort of like, oh, <laughs> things are going to get better, but then they don't. I mean, just look at Robin Hobb. She made that's a so series true. out of it. That's so like, true. Fitz that's goes so true. through the ringer, and every oh. time you think things are going to get better, they don't. <laughs> I had to space out the books because after the first, so I read like Master's Apprentice or whatever, and I, I, I was just Assassin's Apprentice, and I was just like, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> like, so I tried spacing it out. So I'm about to do book two, and my buddy is just like, oh god, book three in that you know first trilogy. I'm like, don't do it to me. I'm like, I just, I was like, I just need to go at my own pace, and I feel like that's like uh, Harry Dresden too. <laughs> like it's just like. You know, every time you think he's going to get there, then it's like something just horrible happens. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And yeah, so I definitely I definitely. It's, yeah. it's a classic, you know, sort of like a writer's tool. It's just like yeah. keep, keep dangling that things are going to get better and then just keep whisking it away. <laughs> and, you know, readers are going to be like, oh, God, just and it will, it will keep dragging them along. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I think yeah. you can you can get away with a lot, to be honest, as long yeah. as people are connecting with the character. Yeah, let's like um, Kelly McCullough. I love his um, Arrow Kingslayer uh, character. Um, you know, and he does a great job of that. As you gets a little bit better, and he also as a character, he suffers through PTSD, um, suffers through al- so suffers through alcoholism, addiction. Um, just I thought he did such a great job. You know, bringing those things to light. But again, you know, it, it's another story. I think that that's the 
um, series that really got me into redemption arcs in terms of books. Um, but yeah, like every time something happened, I was just like, get done with the book. I'm like, oh man. And then I had to go and find the next book at like Barnes and Noble or something the next day, just to, you know, just to see if he was okay, <laughs> you know, and yeah, it's definitely a journey with him, but yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, so for that third one, so never die is definitely one of my top three. I'm telling you it's top two reads in the last five years. So how did you come up with this idea? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Never die has a very weird origin story. It comes from a bunch of different places. Um, it originally started as an idea for a lit RPG. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That'd be so cool. Yeah. So like, I, well, it was more like a lit MOBA. So I, I yeah, love yeah. like MOBAs like uh, Heroes of the Storm, League of Legends and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had this idea of like uh, a, a book format of it where like characters sort of die and come back to life and keep having to fight this war and everything. Oh, that's cool. Um, so the, there, was, there was that sort of like idea playing in my mind, but I didn't really know how to start it. I just wanted to uh, ah, some cool heroes and this idea. And then, yeah. And then uh, I, I watched a video game trailer. I could not even tell you what the video game was. And it had like uh, a bunch of really cool character concepts, including like some, you know, huge sumo wrestler style fat guy uh, with a parasol. And I was like, that's uh, awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so I completely stole that. I have no idea what the game is. I really don't. Yeah, I just yeah. watched this trailer one time and I was like, no idea. Um, cool. So there was that. And then uh, it was 2017. Um, yeah. And basically I was in a bit of a shitty place because um, I just tried to write uh, Eska's second book, The Lessons mm. Never Learned. I tried to write that for the first time and failed. The first time I wrote it, it was utter trash. Uh, I knew it. I sent it to my beta readers. They all came back and went, this book is terrible. And I went, mm. yeah, no. <laughs> um, so I was in a bad place thinking, oh, God, I've, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I've lost it. Yeah, all of that lot. And then uh, I still had this idea for this weird lit MOBA thing in the back of my mind thinking, oh, can I do something with this? And then I watched a, a film, a martial arts film. Um, it was more like wire-foo type stuff uh i can't even remember what it was called but it it just had this character who was like the 13th master of blah blah blah, 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 blah. and i was like oh man that's a cool name it's so corny but i love it uh, <laughs> and then that it just sort of clicked and i was like ah, oh, yeah so basically i have heroes with these cool names like the the master of sun valley and whispering blade and then i'll just write this book as I'll scrap the idea of it being a, a MOBA, a lit MOBA, and I'll just write this book as a sort of, you know, Asian martial arts film. Um, so that's what I set out to do. And then uh, without going into spoilers, it was about halfway through the book where I suddenly realised the twist, mm. um, or at least the big twist. There's a few twists in Never Die. But I suddenly realised the big twist and I was like, oh, so then I had to go back and rewrite bits <laughs> of it uh to to make it all fit together but yeah so it its origin starts in a in a bunch of different places and it was all just like i was in a bad place i had these few ideas and i somehow managed to smush them all together and this book just sort of flowed out of me and it just worked apparently really well yeah People yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah the the i read the last chapter and i and i remember it was like easter and like last year and then i guess it was two years ago two years ago and then I, I like, ha I was like in the car with my parents. I was like, "What just happened?" I was like, 
<laughs> did I just read that? I was like, did I just read it? So I had to go back. I guess it was the last two chapters. I had to go back and read the last two chapters. And I was just like, oh, dang. Oh, dang. And I hadn't, I didn't have my phone on me. So I couldn't talk to any of my like writing friends. I had like forgotten it. I was like, that is really cool. So yeah. I, and it then kind I was puts like, the rest of the back. book in a new perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. And my, my actually, um, I'm trying to get it from my buddy. Well, like I'm trying to, when he, his copy comes in, we're trying to do a buddy read for it. Um, cause I was like trying to explain to him and again, you know, it was hard without spoilers, but he'll, he'll try anything that I suggest. So I, I love him for it. <laughs> so cause I was like, I just want to go with someone. I just want to see someone's reaction, you know? And he's like, well, yeah. do you want to read separately? Or I was like, I kind of want to do like, you know, go to the coffee shop and read together. That way you could be like, I could like see his face, <laughs> you know, like yeah, at the end of the book. You get so. to the end of one chapter and you're like, oh, you're like, yeah. 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 Yep. So yeah. I think that's what we're going to do. Well, enough, um, the day I realized the, the twist where, you know, everything that was going to happen at the end of the book, um, haha, no spoilers still. Um, <laughs> my missus came home from yoga. She literally opened the door and, you know, it's just like, are you okay? And I'm just sat there with like a notepad in my hand. I'm like, I really need to just like talk to you about this to see if it all works I need it <laughs> out of my head. And I just, I spent about, must have been about 45 minutes just explaining it all to her. She was like, I don't get it. And I'm like, me either, but it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember there was like this old gif of somebody who was like kind of doing something like that, where uh, they were like putting something together and it was kind of rickety, but it seemed to fit. And it was like, they're look, they're like, it's going to work. So I definitely understand that feeling. That's how I feel like I explained in my second draft to my best friend. Cause he's the only one I'm talking to. Cause they have a lot of twists and things and, um, and reveals. And I'm like, He's like, I don't know. I'm like, no, trust me. Trust me. I was like, let me just, you know, let me just finish the draft. I was like, put it in there. And he's been helping me quite a bit with some different things. So I was teasing. I was like, well, we'll put you as a co-author on the cover. He's like, I don't <laughs> want my name out there. I was like, fine. But I was like, you'd be in the forward. So it's okay. Uh, dedication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like. Exactly. Uh, so how did, okay. So we kind of already covered like um, uh, the fourth one there. Like, how'd you go about creating these vivid and relatable characters? Um, so you kind of got the start there, but like, you know, Whispering Blade in particular, um, like I really liked, obviously everybody likes, uh, you know, Zihau, the Emerald Wind. Uh, <laughs> but so you have this idea. How did you really make, I felt like they were really relatable though. Like they weren't just like these mythical heroes of old, like they were actual people. So how did you go about really like making them relatable characters? It's kind of weird because uh, they are cliches. I've had people yeah, yeah. put out like, readers going all the characters are cliches i'm like yeah that's kind of the point (laughs) you know uh so yeah it's like you've got the 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 quiet stoic samurai and you've got the um you know charming rogue and you know you've you've got the uh you know sort of kindly ultimate martial art master you have like these sort of cliched style characters and that's one of the things that I definitely tried to do it's, it's that's that's part of it um but then it's it was the the twists and the 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 way that I sort of walked it as well it's like you know the 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 samurai the sort of more like the ronin character who you yeah. know who's who's never actually managed to fulfill one of her her oaths you know you've got the uh the, the rogue who um isn't as bad as he you know, thinks he is, but he thinks he's a proper rogue, but he's not. And you know, you, you've you've got things like that. But then, I, I, I don't know. I just sort of, I, I I tried to to base them all off off these sort of 
these classic cliches, but then just make them people. It's it's really weird. I I, I can never really explain how I do it because it, it's just one of those things where, yeah, you just you write them as if they are people. Yeah. And, you know, instead of trying to make them larger than life, allow their actions to say they're larger than life. Um, but just have them people, have, have them as people with normal concerns and, and you know, they, they have histories, they have friendships, they, ha- they you know, they have rivalries, all of that lot. Um, uh, and as for uh, Emerald Wind, uh, I based him on a cat. Um, <laughs> That's always a fun one that people don't never realize, but yeah, his personality is based on a cat. Yeah, that uh, makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. That's there's cool. even a scene where he just pushes a plate off a table <laughs> for no reason because he's a cat, basically. That's awesome. Uh, which uh, apparently people relate to cats. So I don't really understand that one, but they do. Yeah. So yeah, I I honestly don't know how I made them relatable other than just to to write them as as characters. Um, cliches, yes, but people yeah yeah <laughs> well i think that's a good point though you know because you you want the cliche in there you know and people see them at first and think oh they're cliche but then you know like i don't know i i felt like like whispering blade in particular you know having an oath that's not fulfilled and you know feeling guilty about it and having it ruin you i felt like was very relatable you know i think we've all you know been there at some point and you know um we'll see how it's like like, I get that, you know, like you're trying to pretend you're something that you're not because it's easier to pretend to be that thing than to be who you actually are. So, yeah, I think that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think they all worked really well. I had a friend yeah. where he was like, gets done with the first couple of chapters. He was like, this was not what I thought it was going to be. And I was like, I told you, like, just just keep reading. Like, you know, trust me. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, it's tough because, yeah, on the surface level, I I because I get a lot of that in the reviews for people like, like, Oh, they're just cliches. Yeah. On the surface level, they definitely are. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the, there is, yeah, there is more to them. There's things like, you know, uh, not to go too much to the spoilers, but there's the, there's the moment with Zihao and, um, and Yame where, you know, he, he's basically, he's literally trying to protect her. He's proving that he is, you know, a bit of a hero, even though he's also at the same time telling her that he's not a hero. <laughs> it's stuff like that you know it's uh it's yeah you you kind of make them relatable by adding in those those flaws and vulnerabilities to them um which is kind of easy to do with with characters who are larger than life as well because especially when they are these sort of like heroes who are who are legendary heroes and yet they're not really living up to their their reputations basically um, so it's quite easy to give them relatable flaws. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting because it really like, I don't know how to put it, but like it made sense, you know, like that some people believe in their own legend more than maybe they should. And, you know, like it really made me think like, oh, like, you know, like some of the people like you look up to or put them on a pedestal, it's like, well, they're people too, you know, and um, I, I we all know like the one actor in particular who maybe got knocked off his pedestal and you know people are like oh no you know and it's interesting because i think you know it does add a whole nother facet where you're like oh yeah these people are on camera all the time but really they're they're people too and they make horrendous mistakes like the rest of us and um i just i was really feeling that throughout the book you know and 
um, it really made me think of, you know, people that I idolize, you know, in like a different way. And um, I think at the end of the day, it, it, it's a good theme, I think, is that like, we're really just people, even these yeah. like legendary heroes. So. It's the humanizing aspect of them. I mean, yep. if you think of like, uh, you know, favorite actors and everything, yes, they can be amazing actors and that can make you sort of like go, oh, wow, this, this person's amazing. Um, but it's quite often the times when you see them where they're not acting that makes you kind of you know fall in love with them um yeah, yeah. as it were you know makes you sort of like see them as actual people it's one of those things um i don't know if you if you if you watch it there's a youtube uh series called first we feast oh no um which basically it's uh, an interviewer who uh who gets you know celebrities on actors musicians all of that lot and they eat hot wings of uh, steadily increasing levels of heat. Oh, actually, I, yeah, I just saw the Elizabeth Olsen one recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and funnily enough, there's, I, I've, I've watched loads of them and you, you quite often, especially the actors, you get two different types of people. You get the people who come across as they have rehearsed this and they, they feel fake. And, the, you know, and I, I sort of like, every time I see one of those, I've come across, go, come away from it going... Yeah, I'm not sure I like you. You you don't you feel like a fake person, and then you yeah, get the yeah. people who who are literally you know they they literally come across as just like oh yeah I'm just I'm just here and I'm, this is me this is the real me yeah, and yeah especially because you see them suffering through these like <laughs> incredibly hot uh, um, spicy sauces while they're doing it and you see the real person sort of like you know come out and those are the ones that I find most compelling and really sort of like go. Okay, I, I, you know, I respect you more as a person because this, this is you. You are literally showing us you, yeah, rather yeah. than the the face that you 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 wear as an actor or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, my kids always ask me about that. They're like, "Who would be like one celebrity you'd want to be friends with?" I was like, "Jennifer Lawrence." Like, I would want to be Jennifer Lawrence's best friend. Like, every interview and thing she does, like she's like says the dumbest thing or does the yeah. dumbest thing. And but she just seems like she's like a fun person to hang out with. Like she yeah, it doesn't seem fake to me. I had a friend that met her years and years and years ago. Um, I think it was like after catching fire. Uh, I mean, it might have been mocking Jay Part One or something like that. But like, yeah, she was like, Oh, you think she'd be whatever? And she was like, You could not even imagine like how nice she was, and you know, and this, this, and that. And I was like, That's really cool. I feel like Keanu Reeves is one. Like, I live in New York State yeah. and people see him in New York City all the time. I had a friend. You know, like usually people just leave him alone, uh, but he's like on the subway and he's like, bam, you know, he's just like talking to random people. So he was like snapping and stuff. And he was like, you know, talking to a couple of kids or whatever. Uh, and there's just it's people like that that I'm like, oh, that's really cool. But absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Keanu Reeves is probably like one of the best examples of it because the guy is he's a meme in himself because he is so wild, widely loved. And yeah. to be honest, it's not because of his acting ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, he was he was mocked for years for being this wooden actor, basically. Yeah, yeah. And yet he is this he's he's a sensation. And it's yeah, because yeah. he's just a nice guy and he is himself. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what people that's that's what people sort of like gel with. That's what that's what resonates yeah. with. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of bringing it back to how to craft sort of like relatable characters. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally That's agree. How I you think, do it. You you yeah. show them the the person, the flawed, vulnerable person being them, rather than yeah. this sort of like legendary, you know, mask that they're forced to wear. Yeah, but I think you had like a good. Uh, my friend put it well. He's like the Lord of the Rings. You know, like the 
like they are legendary characters, you know, we're heroes, but at the same time, like, um, you know, he made a voice like, I think, you know, Rob made it work because they felt like everyday heroes. You know, they felt like your police officers, your firefighters, you know, they, they have these great powers or these great skills, but at the same time, they, you know, they didn't feel out of their power depth or out of the element, particularly for the task that, you, you know, you set upon them, um, which I totally agree. I felt like, you know, it was, everything was just, you know, was matched really perfectly. Um, and I do think that, you know, you, you did make them very relatable. So I don't know. I, I felt like it worked really well. The last, like <laughs> the last battle was really cool. I was just like <laughs> some of my favorite writing. So yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It was a bit, uh, it was very actiony and, and yes, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot going on. I can't, yeah. you can't talk about it though. I, I know it's, it's all spoiler. We're going so to do a, have to do a, once I do read the other two, um, we'll have to do like a spoiler video uh because i'd love to i'd love to talk about some spoiler things with you so <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, well, i'm happy to come back on and talk to talk a spoiler and it's just like <laughs> yeah yeah make sure there's a big like content warning this will yeah, be spoilers yeah, yeah. for the entire series well hearing jed talk about eska too and just you know um you know the war eternal series i'm just like I, i'd love to do one for that too um <laughs> you know to ask you about like you know different things um i already have some notes um, you know, going into the series um, for character development, world building, things like that. So, yeah, that'd be. I was talking about doing like the dir- the director's cut. Uh, so some people were very interested in you know a couple of those. So, yeah, definitely have to uh, put that down in my notes. And as soon as I get those done, I'll, I'll get a hold of you. That sounds awesome. Cool. Where's my? All right. So for that fifth one, uh, so have you thought about expanding on any of your characters or world building for your drones novel? That one sounds <laughs> to me. So I, I got that one for Kindle. So I'm really, really interested in that uh, one. Well, so I was just curious. There's a story. There's a story that goes along with drones. Here we go. I'm gonna. I, there's this pointless me showing this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Because uh, the story is, this is drones. This is my one current sci-fi novel. Um, but you can't get it anymore because I've just taken my rights back from the uh, publisher. Oh, okay. Um, so it's no, it's not actually available. Uh, I mean, I think you can probably still buy paperbacks, but it's not currently available on Kindle. Anymore. Oh, that's good to know. It won't be on audiobook, and I'm going to be re-releasing it. Uh, oh, maybe I'll wait then. That's cool. Yes, I might actually rename it because uh, Drones apparently is not a great name for a novel. Um. Which makes sense. <laughs> anyway, so no, uh, there won't be any more going on with that world, basically. That that novel is one and done. Hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people don't like the ending, but tough. Uh, <laughs> um, so I won't be expanding on that at all. I may write more sci-fi in the future, um, but not in that particular setting, that particular world. It's my, my one cyberpunk novel. Um, and yeah, it will soon be re-released under my own self-publishing banner. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's really neat. I was gonna say for the audience, um, definitely check it out on Goodreads. Um, when you were talking about it on your guys' podcast, I was like, that just sounds like a really cool science fiction idea. Um, yeah, well, eh. I just had the idea. Funnily enough, it was in a shower, and I just had this idea of like you know emotional harvesting, so people, you know, in the future, people can have their their memory their their emotions harvested from a memory so that they no longer have an emotional connection to that memory and then that that emotion can be sold as a pure emotion um to people so it's like you know you can have you know here's a memory of the first time i held my 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 daughter or whatever oh, and cool. it was like pure joy and then they can have that 
that joy harvested, taken away from that memory, and then somebody else can buy it and just feel that joy, irrespective of the emotion of the of the memory that it's attached to. They're literally just feeling the joy without the memory attached to it. Yeah, that sounds um, cool. So it was a uh, it was a pretty cool idea, uh, and then I had the idea for that for the concept, and then it took me about six months to actually figure out a story and everything to go with it. <laughs> I just thought that always sounded really cool to me. My buddy and I were real big into uh, philosophy um, to study a lot in college. And now we, we sent each other a lot of stuff. So I was talking about that book and he was like, oh, that sounds really cool. I was like, I know. Right. I'm like, that's like, it's definitely like our, like up our alley. Like that's like our kind of thing. And we like books that, you know, kind of make us think a little bit and, you know, particularly with science fiction and, you know, sci-fi, cyberpunk, yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun. Cool. It's also the first book I've ever, I ever wrote in first person. And I also oh, wrote wow. it in present tense, which is, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm never doing that again. I didn't know that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was tough. Um, yeah, yeah. And it took a hell of a lot of editing to remove all the past tense out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely see that. It's definitely not my cup of tea in terms of writing, but I do like reading different, you know, different styles like that, different points of view. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I do as well. I like I like writing in different sort of ways, challenging myself. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a big challenge. Um, so now I've done first person. I've done present tense. I've done third person. My my next step at some point is to write a second person novel. Oh, okay. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> my friend did that, and then he he got like to like draft three or four. He's like, I'm just changing it back. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, okay, I understand that. Yeah, it can crazy. work, and it can certainly be very powerful. Um, there was N.K. Jemison's uh, "Broken Earth" mm, books, the yeah, fifth yeah. season, that uses it to stunning effect. It really yeah, yeah. gives you an emotional connection to the character, um, and it uses it in such a devastating way. Um, but I don't think I'm ever going to do it personally. <laughs> That's what I was talking to Mark Timoney about. I was like, I just like, there's something about like the urban fantasy. I feel like, you know, you, you do have, you know, like Harry Dresden, you know, you had a lot of, you know, the, the first person point of view. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I do like that for urban fantasy. He's like, please don't do it for your actual fantasy. He's like, I don't like it. And I want to read it. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But I did find switching back and forth, you know, like that it was a lot easier for whatever reason for urban fantasy. I think it's because, you know, like you're, like that's what I read more, you know, in terms of urban fantasy for point of view, but it's it's hard for fantasy. I feel like you know, just like straight fantasy, like like grim dark or epic. I just feel like it's just not the best. And I did look up a lot of statistics and things. I feel like a lot of people don't don't usually do that. Um, I think it was like sixty five percent, you know, do like third person, um, like omnipresent or whatever. I think the majority but, will say they're like third person. Yeah, um, yeah. but then uh, it's. It depends on how it's done. If it's done well, they'll... they'll yeah, 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 yeah. Again, Robin Hobb's Farseer trilogies. Um, Mark Lawrence's uh, Broken Empire. Oh, yeah. Queen's War. Love those, yeah. Um, Brian Stavely's Skullsworn. Um, Michael R. Fletcher's uh, Obsidian Path. Yes, that's it, isn't it? Oh, I forgot uh, you know, did that, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it, it, it can be used, and it can be used well. Hey, along the razor's edge. That uses first person. Um, yes, it can be used. Oh, that's it can good be to used know. Really yeah. well. Um, and personally, I've, I I love first person uh, narratives. I feel that it's a good way to help me really get into the skin yeah, of the, yeah. the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
after having written, I'm on my now, you know, sixth book, my fifth book in the series of writing a first person narrative. I am currently at the point where I'm like, I'm looking forward to getting into some good third person narrative where I can <laughs> skip heads. So I can be like, I, I, I want to write a chapter from a different person, a different yeah, character yeah. for this one. So. <laughs> but yeah, having every single chapter be from the perspective of one character. Uh, it, 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 yeah you get to the point where you're like i need some third person yeah yeah i think that's our biggest thing is because like well my friend made a good point he's like well with your particular story he's like it doesn't make sense for first person um with your rogues he's like because like in particular um you know i have i have certain relationships and i feel like you have to go back and forth and there's a lot that is unsaid and the stuff that's unsaid really leads to you know a lot of the things that happen so um, I was like, oh, that makes a good point. I said, I feel better now. <laughs> it's like, it's not me. It's the story. So I do feel like sometimes, yeah. you know, it is, does have something to do, you know, with the the tale you're telling, so to speak. But. It's, it's weird as a, as a sort of like um, a narrative style, narrative tool, it has, it can be quite limiting in the fact that, yeah, you are, you are limited to this person's headspace. Yeah, you yeah. can only, you know, as the, the sort of like the reader, you can only see what they are seeing and you're, you're, restricted to viewing it through their eyes yeah, and yeah. their mind but at the same time it can give you a much deeper insight into that character that yeah, you yeah. are uh, riding along with so yeah it, it can be both restrictive and also quite a powerful tool yeah um to use but yeah i i, I don't think it works if you have multiple characters um i've i've read a couple of books which are sort of like it's it's all first person but with multiple characters and i did not mm. like it yeah yeah because yeah. um, it just kind of felt like oh wait this is somebody else's head but i still feel like i'm in that person's head yeah 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 it just didn't work for me so um i think if you're gonna if, if your story needs to be told from multiple perspectives personally i would prefer a third person narrative but if you can tell it from one person's perspective then the first person narrative it can be a really powerful tool to use yeah yeah that's like thinking, oh, that was a bit crafty, think. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. I think it'd be interesting because I was talking to my buddy because I said, well, then there's I have another character, you know, in the same world. But like I said, I definitely think, you know, I think he's very similar to Eska. You know, he's just been through the ringer and, you know, I feel like I want to tell, you know, this. I don't necessarily want to tell the story. I want to tell his story. So I definitely feel like, you know, first person would be, that would be better. Cause like you said, you know, I, I really want to dive into the things that have happened to him and you know, how he's overcome them. And, you know, like <laughs> he's one of those guys where it's like, how do you even get out of bed in the morning? You know, but you do, <laughs> yeah. you know, and those kind of things. So I definitely think that, you know, like, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think the Dresden files would have been as successful if they weren't first person. Um, you know, I, I really like, I like going to them cause I'm getting Harry's perspective and, you know, and getting a, a much deeper, um, you know, set of emotions from him and, you know, and rather than just, oh, this happens. I feel like those stories, like nothing really, like, I feel like the stuff that happens around him doesn't matter nearly as much as, you know, him overcoming his loss of, you know, different people. I almost spoiled things. So I try not to, um, you know, but uh, yeah, I just, I think that one works so well. It's like Iron Drew Chronicles by Kevin Hearn. I absolutely love um, Atticus's like first person um, perspective and, he kind of jumps around a little bit too. Like he'll be first person and then it'd be like third person, the same chapter. And it, it 
it's it's interesting but it works for for kevin and he does it really well so you know going back to your point um my friend asked me he's like this is kind of interesting i'm like i know right i was like it took me a second to get used to but once he kind of jumps around a little bit you know it makes more sense but yeah it's uh it's interesting i mean changing perspective or even tense like mid book can be quite powerful um yeah. I, I remember uh rj barker's wounded uh is it mm. wounded kingdom uh age of assassins blood of assassins kingdom of assassins. Oh, okay um he uses a, a thing where basically when when the main character it, it's told it's told first person um and it's past tense but whenever the main character gets into a sort of like tense combat situation um it moves into present tense mm. Um, and I mean, RJ is so skillful, he manages to do it and it's seamless. You don't even realize oh, it's happening until you do. And then you're like, oh yeah, it's, it's suddenly adding urgency to it. Mm. Um, and, and, and it's obviously because of the way it's used in these specific situations yeah, and, and the way that it adds this sort of urgency to it, it just it draws you along really well. You suddenly go from, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. <laughs> you know, suddenly you're sort of like, you're really invested. And yeah, it, it just, oh, that's cool. it's so seamless, so fluid because RJ is so bloody good yeah. <laughs> uh, that it really, really helps to draw you into that particular scene. Oh, that's cool. Definitely looking forward to getting to RJ's books really soon this summer too. Uh, my friend and I were I'm like trying to wait. I'm waiting on like three different friends right now for book clubs. So I'm like, uh, got a lot going on, but I'm like, really, I like to read with people, you know, again, I like to see, you know, they're, they're like, it's nice Malzahn, to talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the Malzahn book of the fall. And there's no way I would got, have gotten this far without my buddy. And we've like, then like Frodo and Sam, you know, and picking each other up through. Yeah. Like, we're on book eight right I'll now. Carry you. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. He definitely carried me through book three, man. Because once my favorite character died, I was just like, I'm done. He goes, No, 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 no. It's okay. I'm like, No, I'm done. Like, I was like, I can't do it anymore. So yeah, he definitely you made it further me. than me. I I made it to the end of book two, and I was just like, I don't want to go on with this series. <laughs> And it's crazy because like people, people talk about, you know, that to me all the time. And they're like, what was it about book two? I'm like, I just, you know, I said Fiddler's just my man. And so is, you know, Calum. And I said, I really enjoyed, um, you know, like Crocus and his thing. I said, I don't know. I said, it just like, I don't know. I said, it was just my kind of book. I said, I think that book and that series in particular, but that book in particular is one you either love it or hate it. I hated book three. I'll tell you, I hated it. Uh, Ictavan was amazing. He's one of the coolest characters um, that I've seen. And there were some other ones too, like, like Grundle, um, like characters I love from fantasy now. Uh, but, you know, I, it, it really, yeah, like I wouldn't have made it without my friend. He loved it. And I was just like, yeah, no. But then, you know, like book four was one of my favorites. Um, they were just cool characters. Like uh, Karsa Olong, like the big old giant warrior dude. It's just like, he doesn't give a crap about anybody or anything unless he does. But if you're in his club, like, you know, like you're set for life, you know, and he reminds me of Conan the Barbarian, just bigger, um, you know, and I felt like he did a great job, you know, with like a Robert E. Howard-esque sort of thing with him. But like, I told my friend, I was like, I said, I said one the other day, I was like, I can't wait to get done with this series because, you know, you know, cause there's like, literally like he just added like 50 characters in the first 400 pages. So I'm like, 
you know, we use the the wiki all the time, you know, just to keep track of stuff. And we have to go, oh, wasn't that so-and-so? And he'll use stuff from like, he he's not J.K. Rowling. He, he'll throw you a random character that you think is random or somebody's name in book one or two or three, but now they're going to come up and be an actual character, you know, in book eight or nine. But <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I just, from a right, I try and take it from like a writing perspective, like on, you know, like what I like and what I don't like as a reader just to help. So it's been a great, you know, lesson on craft. But I told my buddy, I was like, we are going to fly through like Wheel of Time together because I said, Robert Jordan just has a much different style than, um, you know, I said, sometimes he meanders too and stuff, especially with books six, seven and eight, um, you know, towards the end there. But I'm like, I said, it's just completely different because we took a small break and read like another book. And I mean, we were done with it in like two weeks versus like, yeah, you know, yeah. like months with this one. But so yeah. some some books are so dense that they yeah. feel like a slog yeah 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 yep yep yeah i definitely felt like we were in mordor you know in the swamp or whatever and, yeah but this one isn't you know now you're getting a lot of the you know the developments that have already happened so i'm just like my friend said he's like if you can just make it through book nine like you're really gonna enjoy it so i'm like <laughs> well i'm like oh, do you realize what you're saying i'm like and i yeah. you know like my friend benjamin uh blackmore from literature and lo-fi you know, just did, um, well, well, I think it was like a six months ago, did his uh, Dresden files. And, you know, people always say that about the Dresden files too, you know, and I'm like, I tell people, I'm like, if you get to like, I liked full moon personally and Stormfront. I'm like, but if you get to book three, you know, and you're not into it, I'm like, I would just stop. But like, you know, a lot of things don't happen till seven and eight, you know, and it's like, but to tell people to get to seven and eight or, you know, to get to eight, I mean, these things are massive, you know, like, I, I just know. think it's, it's crazy. And I, it's a completely different writing style than mine. So it's just like, you know, I, I think crazy. this was why I, I gave up on, uh, on my own. I was like, got to the end of book two really likes, is it the March of dogs or something? Oh, um, the, chain, chain of dogs. Yep. Chain, yep. Chain of dogs. I really like that section. I just hated yeah. everything else in the book. And uh, I was like, ah, I don't know. and then a bunch of people are just like, get to book six after book six. It's brilliant. I was like, <laughs> I don't have the time or the will. Like, like House of Chains was, I thought Memories of Ice and House of Chains was really good, but I don't even know if I, my friend made a good point. He's like, I don't know if you liked the story as much or the characters. And I'm like, I feel like I like the characters more and they keep me coming back, but it's been a very interesting, I think I am going to do like a huge video after we're done with it. Um, and, you know, like, and, and I'm going to like get my take. Um, but if I wasn't a writer, I don't think I would have made it through. Because uh, a lot of times I use it as a writing experience, which I want to get better at writing and people to read my books. So I feel like, you know, that helps me more honest, than, you know, a regular reader. It's the so. primary way to improve, improve your writing as far as yeah, I'm yeah. concerned. Read, yeah, yeah. read a lot, read new things, read different things, you know, read things that, that challenge you. That's, that's probably the best way to get better at yeah. writing. Well, I want to do like a, oh, like a, like a, like a th like fantasy thriller, you know, like I like mysteries and things like that. I'm not like, I, I like when people do them in fantasy more than, you know, than like fiction and stuff. But like, I'm reading the, the Lee Child's like Reacher books, right? Jack Reacher books right now. And um, I love the character and I love, you know, his philosophy and I love, you know, his perspective and, you know, different things. But, you know, I'm like, God, this would be so much better in a fantasy world. So I'm trying to like, you know, do research because I have a lot of cool characters and concepts. Like I, I have this one guy where I think it'd be cool to do like a fire elementalist, but he's like a CSI, like arson investigator in a fantasy world, like a gas, you know, gas lamp type fantasy. Okay. 
um you know not super overpowered um you know but maybe gets a little bit more powered over time but really he uses his you know his intelligence and his crime solving abilities and i thought well having magic in a world you know a magic creature is what add a whole nother dynamic and i feel like the witcher season two you know did a good job with a couple of episodes um you know in particular with that whole thing i think that it's almost like that you know when he's going after a particular creature and i just think it would be I don't know, I think it'd be interesting. So I'm trying to absorb, you know, more books you should like that. Definitely read RJ Barker's uh, Wounded Kingdom series, starting with Age of Assassins then. Uh, because basically each book is, especially the first book, the first book is written as a murder mystery. Oh, that's um, awesome. That's definitely my thing. It's a murder mystery without a murder from the perspective of, a, of the assassin. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's super it's bizarre cool. and it's amazing um to be honest that series is probably the most um robin hobb like i've read of a different oh, author cool. um and uh yeah e- each book has this sort of like this this mystery that that, that needs to be solved along oh, with that's the cool. um continuing story arc as well but yeah, that, that first book is is it's a murder mystery without a murder from the perspective of an assassin of the assassin, and it's just I don't know how he did it, but yeah, RJ's a master, he really is. So oh, yeah, cool. de- definitely check that one out. Yeah, I definitely will. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely my cup of tea. Uh, for that sixth one, so I just have to ask, like, what did it feel like writing for such an epic world such as Hammer uh, Warhammer Forty K, and how did you go about picking your story in such a massive setting? Ah, yes. Um, it was daunting to be honest Mm. because it is a massive world and it is so incredibly loved and it's the first time I've ever written in another world that wasn't you know Mm. basically just fan fiction for myself when I was younger I wrote like a few Star Wars stories oh cool I like lightsabers Uh, yeah yeah love Star Wars Um, (laughs) so yeah it it was daunting um, especially as the way that you have you have to do it. you have to get get it all right um yeah 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 they don't let you deviate from the the law or anything so uh yeah but uh i i the moment they approached me i was like well if i'm going to do this it's going to be imperial guard because i i like the everyman you know yeah it, yeah yeah it's the thing i love about the warhammer 40000 setting is the fact that there are cosmic horrors there are ancient races there are giant demons there's all of this lot there's god emperors and then there's the imperial guard who are just the everyday soldiers trying to make it through yeah, yeah. um so i and then i'd already had this idea of um setting a story in like a tank basically yeah. so the entire story is just set in a tank oh that's cool uh you never see the outside world um and it just it fit perfectly because the imperial guard have these bane blade mega tanks which are like super tanks where people you know that people can climb around inside them and all that lot so yeah i i just it was perfect it was just like yes this this it's this setting that i've i've wanted to write a story in for a while now and couldn't find a sort of like uh well not setting it's sort of like idea that i wanted to write a story in but couldn't find a setting for yeah and you know it's it's warhammer 40k which i knew fairly well from having played it as a kid and uh and Imperial Guards, I, I love the sort of like this this entire aspect of them. So yeah, uh, I basically just would, I I pitched the story to him of like, okay, it's set around 
a bunch of people, a bunch of Imperial Guards in this in this Baneblade mega tank, trundling its way through a war zone where there's Tyranids, which are like these giant insectile swarm monsters trying to tear it all to pieces. Uh, and uh, yeah, everyone will die. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, yeah, go for it. Oh, that's so, awesome. Uh, it was daunting, but yeah, I, I knew I knew what I was doing with it. And funnily enough, the second story I wrote with them, it was pretty much the same thing. I want to write another Imperial Guard story, so yeah, I'm yeah. going to do it. And this time, there's going to be orcs. Uh, oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, that, that's how I went about it. It was always going to be Imperial Guard, and if I ever wrote another story for them, it would be more Imperial Guard. Well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I like the everyday man. I think that's why I like the Malzan and the... Well, especially, like, Glenn Cook's, like, Chronicles of the Black Company. Like, I just... Yeah, and I think I think they're just more more relatable. So I, I was playing Imperial Guard, so I get that. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. I, lo- I love this. My mic cut out. Lose connection there. Sorry, my mic cut out there for a minute. Oh, sorry. It might be me. I had uh, internet connection unstable flash. Oh, okay. Had me the other day, <laughs> like lost somebody in mid interview. I was like, no, hey, put them together. Yeah, that's cool though. I, I, I think that's, uh, yeah, that just be. I always wanted to write for Forgotten Realms, and then they stopped, um, you know, making books and stuff. So I, um, was talking to, um, like, uh, Richard Lee Byers. Actually, I had him on, and I talked to him on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. And I was like trying to convince him and Troy Denning to, um, all the Forgotten Realms authors to rise up and. Tell the Wizards of the Coast that we are writing more books in this setting, but it hasn't happened yet. But yeah, quite a few of them were like, yeah, we'd love to go back to the, you know, the the world we created. I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool. So I think uh, Wizards are focusing on magic these days, aren't they? Yeah. They turn it into a proper yeah. franchise. Yep. Yep. Well, I was teasing my friend because um, he really likes them. And um, oh, he was teasing um, Bob, like Ari Salvatore, who's one of my all time faves. And um and elaine cuttingham he's like yeah my friend wants to buy out all the rights to forgotten realms and start you guys over <laughs> and i was like if i ever won the lottery like that's what i would do and then i'd be like yeah this new guy dan kubal is writing for forgotten realms because i've like you know played all the games and i have all of them pretty much here i'm only missing like 20 out of all the publication and i'm going back through and rereading a bunch of them but yeah i, I just thought warhammer would be another cool one obviously like you know star wars would be like really cool as well so yeah. yeah any of those but uh so i'm interested in this one in particular um since you you know you guys have your own podcast so how has your approach to writing novels changed since you joined the wizards warriors and words group um i'm not sure it has changed <laughs> that much to be honest uh i i i mean i i pick up some tips you know from the others and uh I, I, they probably pick up some from me you would hope um <laughs> so there's there's little bits but i don't think there's been any sort of major changes um i'm still very much a, a, a pantser of the group um i know fletcher's uh started trying to do a bit more planning yeah um, yeah he's converting it's crazy it's weird yeah, conversion in process like through the show <laughs> i i can't i can't do it i can't pl- like I can with later books to a degree, but like for first books, I'm just like, no, no, I'm just going to go in and figure out, like, I'll just throw things at it and try and make it all make sense towards the end. Um, And then you get to a book five of a series and you're like, oh God, all these things I've added and I'm somehow going to tie it all together. (laughs) Which is where I currently am right now. Um, 
So I, I, I've picked up uh, tips on how to, to do things um, better or differently from, from the others, but there's been no major changes to my, <clears throat> to my process or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, that, that's, that's just me. I'm, I'm set in my ways at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I want to write, damn it. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, my friend asked that. Um, he's like, oh, you should ask, you know, Rob this. Um, so I just, I think it's interesting, you know, because you and I are obviously in far different places, um, you know, in terms of, you know, writing, you know, experience and things like that. So, you know, I pick up quite a few things and, you know, where I'm like, all right, I think it's more like I think of things differently, um, you know, but, you know, I'm still trying to find, you know, voice and things like that, you know, and, I'm trying to get better with like Mike, I'm trying to get better at, you know, planning a little bit more because I probably would already been done with my first book if I had planned a little bit better. And, you know, those pesky characters never want to do <laughs> what you tell them to do. So yeah, it's like, uh, it's difficult when they tell you, no, I'm actually now this. I had two characters tell me that we're actually not in this book. And I'm like, to hell you aren't. I'm like, you're right here on the page, you know? And uh, yeah, so they, they left me and then I had five other characters show up. I look behind me, I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, yeah, we're in this book. I'm like, like, like seriously, like, so I think it's, it it's one of the, the, the toughest, toughest things uh, I had to learn was just like, listen to the characters, yeah. to be honest, like the, the, every time I've gone wrong with uh, the War Eternal, it's been because I've been trying to take it in a way and, and, <clears throat> you know, it's just, it's not working. And, and eventually I stop and listen to, to Eska and she's just like, this is not the way. We need to reverse. We need to take a few steps back, and I'm going that way. And it's like, okay, you don't argue with Esco. Yeah, yeah. So. That's, fair. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I just always find it interesting. Like my friend, I asked him, I was like, "So this guy wants to like change, you know? Like I had him to be like kind of like a police like constable." Um, and then he was like, "Yeah, no, I'm a thief taker." And I'm like, "I don't even know what that means." Like, like in this world, you know, I'm like, I built everything based off of like this type of police force. And then, you know, all of a sudden he changes social classes. And then the reason why he's trying to solve this crime is completely different because his family has used to be part of the merchant class in this great house. And now they're about to lose everything and he's got to solve this case to get prestige and money. Otherwise he'll lose everything. And, you know, he's worried about legacy. And I'm like, turning to my best friend. I was like, Hey, this guy wants to do this. I said, what do you think is better? And he goes, Oh, definitely his way. And I'm like, I was afraid you're going to say that. That means I have to rewrite the entire book, <laughs> you know, and yeah. <laughs> all these subsequent characters and have to figure out a whole different culture now of, you know, who, who the class is, who they are, you know, the kind of impact they've had. And I'm like, I know it's going to be a better story, but I'm just like, oh, the work, the work. Yep. <laughs> As someone who's had to rewrite an entire book, I feel it. I feel the pain. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right, Rob. Well, for that last one here, so do you have any news, updates, promos, or current projects that you'd like to share with us? Oh, go on then. This is coming out in uh, June, isn't it? We're saying? Yep, June 14th. June 14th. So, uh, well, I mean, I've got this one. This, this is going to be my, my latest book release still at that time, Sins and Lover, book four of The War Eternal. It looks so cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Love the blurb, too. That work. Yes, uh, so that's still my current release. However, uh, I do have a release coming um, at the end of July, so Ooh. a month and a bit after this will air, which I've not really shared anything about yet, uh, and I'm not going to uh, too much, except for the oh, fact that it's friends. called Titan Hoppers, and oh, it's cool. a progression science fantasy. 
Oh, oh, cool! I forgot you were doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. uh, I've I've not I've not really like there's there's no pre-orders up for it. I've not really shared much about it. I'm basically doing a bit of a stealth release. I'm just going to drop it into the world and go <laughs> book out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be coming at the end of July, but I don't have an exact date for it yet. So there we go. Well, that's super cool. <laughs> Put you down um, for the mystery that, project. Yeah. Other than that, uh, well, I'm going to be having a book in the Spiffbo. That's going to be Spirits of Vengeance. Um, and then I'm writing more books. I'm currently writing, well, I'm currently writing Despite and Heart, book five of The War Eternal, but I'm also writing Seven Swords, which is the Mortal Techniques number four. Oh, I did not know that. That is awesome. <laughs> there is a fourth Mortal Techniques book coming. Oh, that's awesome. So you guys, you got to go buy, you know, the other books. So that way I get more of Rob's books in the same world. So just go buy all of his books right now and we'll all be happy. So yeah, absolutely. That's how it works. <laughs> buy all Let's, the books. All of them. All of them. That's the only reason I do this podcast is so people go and buy books <laughs> that for authors that I like and then I can continue to read them. Like my friend Christopher G. Brenning, he wrote The Hellborn King. He's my other favorite read in the last five years. And he's like, hey, thanks for all your help. I go, I'm not doing it for you, Chris. I go, I love you. I'm, like, I'm not doing it for you. I'm like, I need you to be successful so you can stop your day job so that I can get more books from these characters. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's purely selfish gains. I'll just be honest. Yeah. yeah. Just no guys books. yeah <laughs> exactly. All right, Rob. Well, uh, again, our audience, you know, we can find Rob through the descriptions here. Um, all of his socials will be there. You can go to my website. Um, it's right there on the Twitter and everything. Facebook like page. Um, you just look it up. Uh, Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast will pop up in a bunch of places. You can go to Rob's episode. This is going to be season two, episode seven. Um, you know, again, make sure you go and check out his descriptions. Go buy his books. That way we get more. Uh, Rob, thank you so much for coming. I was really happy, you know, to get you on and, you know, that we could find the time together. I know you're a busy guy, yeah. so really appreciate uh, it. And thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime. Yeah, anytime. One of these days, I, I'm going to talk to Jed. I'm going to try to... Uh, do a cross podcast. I'd love to have all of you guys on at the same time and just do that's just chaos in today. the making. We'll do it. <laughs> I know, right? It just sounds like so much fun. So yeah. Uh, but you know, again, Rob, thank you so much for coming. I look forward to uh talking on social media, my friend, and hope you and the missus have a good rest of your Saturday. Cheers. Thank you. See you later. See ya.